Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 podcast. Guys, do we have some shocking trades, releases, and even some new deals that have been signed regarding in the NFL. We also have some updates on the MLB and the current walkout situation, and actually some pretty sad developments that are going on right now regarding the MLB, PA, and the MLB. So guys, let's dive right into it. But before we do, I want to make sure y'all first follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Links will both be down in the description below. I definitely suggest following them if you absolutely love getting updated every day with the up-to-latest sports news regarding NFL, MLB, NBA. If you just if you need to find a new interesting entertaining page to follow i definitely suggest following it guys now i just want to ask y'all how's y'all's week been what did y'all do this week um for me it was mostly just grinding out these podcasts been grinding a lot of tiktok trying to you know get on the tiktok wave uh not there yet where i want to be but i definitely could see the potential in an app like tiktok being able just to you know spread the love of sports as i always kind of tell y'all that's that's my main goal by doing these podcasts for y'all so, but no, um, yeah, it's been crazy. There's been a lot of new developments. Uh, my heart got broken this week seeing Gary Patterson throw up the horns with O'Shawn Mathis, a former TCU player, in his recruitment picture. <laughs> that was really hard to look, I'm not going to lie, because I was raised around Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson kind of was the reason why I fell in love with the sport of football. So seeing my idol almost with our literal rival, that just hurt like crazy. So, but no, that was kind of you know and eh for me but no this week's been amazing for me guys i've been able just to continue to grind out for this channel grind out for this podcast and just continue to share my love of sports with all y'all amazing and beautiful people so guys let's get into the only news actually for college football and i promise y'all it will only get better from here on out i mean unfortunately right now in college football it's that awkward transition from off season into um spring ball where there's not really a lot of developments. There's not really a lot of things to discuss because we have the draft, you know, NFL free agency, trade rumors, etc. That's all starting to kind of heat up, which kind of just throws down college football in the essence where there's not really too much to talk about when it comes to that. So, But the one news we actually do have is regarding five-star quarterback Nico Iamaleva. I'm so, I'm so sorry if I butchered that. I'm trying not to butcher it, but it's being crystal balled that he – is being crystal balled by on three sports that he is expected to land at Tennessee. Now, in case you don't know, he's a very talented quarterback from I think Hawaii or is it California? I think he's from Calif he's from Hawaii, but he plays in California for high school. I'm talking he's 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 being compared and almost better than Arch Manning when it comes to the twenty twenty three class. So he's definitely a really highly sought after quarterback prospect. He definitely has a good deep ball. I've seen a couple highlights of him. He's definitely a great player. Um, this past weekend, he went and visited Knoxville, and I mean, when I tell you Tennessee went all out for him, I mean, they literally wrote on this huge rock, we want Nico, their basketball game against Arkansas, I think on Saturday, they also were chanting, we want Nico, and apparently he absolutely loved his visit with the Volunteers, and I'm telling you, you pair him up with Josh Heupel, the Volunteers could honestly be back to being a, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with inside the SEC East. Now, 
I'm not going to say get too excited because it still looks like Oregon is pretty high on this kid, and I definitely expect Oregon to pretty much throw out the whole book to get him considering what Tennessee just did just to impress him. So I don't know. I think personally he might want to go to the West Coast, probably more business opportunities in my opinion. Now, yes, he might end up getting a McDonald's bag with hundred grand in it from Tennessee, but I think at the end of the day, if he financially wants to be in a better position, he goes to Oregon because obviously Oregon and their ties to Nike and all those brands. And considering he's on the West Coast, there's a lot more business opportunities. But going to the SEC and being able to compete against the best competition in the country will definitely attract a lot more NFL attention. Now, guys, that is it for the college football news. There's not really anything else. Um, Texas is also crystal ball to get Arch Manning, but... I mean, it's kind of a toss-up with Arch because it looks like Ole Miss could easily get him. It looks like Texas could easily get him. It looks like Georgia could easily get him. I mean, it's it's literally a toss-up. But once we get more solidified reports, I will definitely make sure to continue to update y'all on the Instagram and here on the podcast, of course, you know, because y'all are amazing. And I want to make sure that y'all get the up-to-date news. Now, guys, let's get into the NFL side of today's segment. And my goodness, did was this past week just insane i mean there was some trades and releases that i didn't think was going to happen at least for another year or two or possibly never happen so let's get into the first news and this is regarding kind of the end of last uh not last i almost said last week (laughs) guys uh last episode on wednesday it's regarding the seattle seahawks news um uh in case you do not know the seattle seahawks have traded you know, quarterback Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick to the Denver Broncos in exchange for quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive end Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. Now, I actually had my live reaction on Wednesday's episode, so definitely go check that out if you want to just see me kind of flabbergasted. Because I did not see him going at all to Denver. I thought he was going to end up at the Saints or a team we didn't expect at all because it seemed like every quarterback that was wanting to get traded was going to end up with the Denver Broncos. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers. We saw it, obviously, with Russell Wilson now that he actually is going to the Denver Broncos. But we saw it with guys like Carson Wentz, um, Derek Carr, like all these guys were pretty much getting rumored to go to the Denver Broncos because the Broncos obviously needed that quarterback of the future because once Peyton Manning had retired back in 2016, they just really had no success at that position. So getting, you know, they Seattle, or not Seattle, I can't even talk, guys. Um, Seattle got really, really got a lot in return for Russell Wilson. I, I'm still kind of shocked they didn't give up three first-round picks because that's kind of what the asking price was for Deshaun Watson, and obviously Russell Wilson is at least a, a tier above Deshaun Watson. So, But they did very much get compensated for the star quarterback because getting two first-round picks, two second-round picks, tight and you know a fan, in case you don't know, he's from Iowa. He is a stud tight end. He's a great blocking tight end, and he's also a great receiving tight end. So that's a great steal, as I know, you know, when the Greg Olson experiment failed in Seattle, I know, you know, not really having a solidified tight end pretty much ever kind of has been hurting Seattle. So getting Noah Fant is huge for them. Um, Drew Locke, I definitely think, is a good short-term resolution as we all kind of expect um, the Seattle Seahawks to use a lot of this compensation to actually go get Deshaun Watson from the Texans. And it's actually might be a whole plan that they're doing why they let Russell Wilson go now because – Considering that Deshaun Watson, his trade value really right now is plumbed to nothing in comparison to being a you know top ten quarterback in the league, 
you know, teams are just going to be willing to give up kind of the same thing they did for Russell Wilson, if not less, considering that Russell Wilson only, they only had to give up two first-round picks and three players that eventually, you know, would have been gone regardless. Now, I know Noah Fant was probably the one the Broncos fans really were kind of pissed to see go, but you got to understand, y'all have a great backup tight end in um, – What's his name? He he's from Missouri. I forgot what his name was, but he's practically a replica of Noah Fant. And I mean, just free agency. I mean, there's gonna be more guys, so don't trip about losing one player when you literally are getting one of the best quarterbacks in the league, which you have needed for so long. Um, there's plenty of free agent linemen too to help build up that Broncos line. Seattle gets much needed cap space. But also it's looking like Tyler Lockett is going to be available available for trade. DK Metcalf will be available for trade. But he will only be available if there is a right asking price. Obviously they're not going to give him up for a third and fifth round pick because they know they can easily get a second round and a decent player or at most a first round pick. So guys, that is it regarding the Seattle Seahawks news because I didn't really let y'all know what the compensation was for Russell Wilson or what they were giving up to get Russell Wilson in um, Wednesday's episodes, now y'all do know, it's not as much as I really thought. Now, yes, it is good compensation they're getting back pick-wise and everything, but at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is a generational quarterback that is pretty much priceless. So the fact the Broncos really didn't have to give up everything to get him is outstanding. Because if you don't remember, the, the Seattle Seahawks gave up two first-round picks to get Jamal Adams. So pretty much these picks are just being used to kind of replace the Jamal Adams compensation they had to give up to the Jets, I think, two years ago. So, I mean, this is actually a steal of a trade for the Denver Broncos. The next news we have is also another trade. The Indianapolis Colts and quarterback Carson Wentz, as we all know, the Colts were becoming extremely tired of Carson Wentz not showing leadership in the locker room. You know, his bad play, not really showing up to practice 100% effort. So they said, you know what, this experiment with him and Frank Wright, it is not going to work out. We need to move on and look more towards the future. So the Indianapolis Colts have traded quarterback Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders in exchange for just two third-round picks. Now, I know we're all thinking he's going to be back in the NFC East. What does this mean for the Washington Commanders who are really looking for a quarterback? I think this is a stupid trade for the Washington. I think they should have been more patient because we all know Washington was like being becoming extremely impatient when it came to the quarterback market because when they lost out on the Russell Wilson sweepstakes and it was actually true and it was actually rumored that the Washington Commanders had given up more stuff to get Russell Wilson. But the um, Seattle Seahawks didn't want to trade him to an an in-conference opponent. So that's why he ended up in the AFC rather than going to the Commanders and being in the NFC. So Washington probably was pissed off at the fact they didn't get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. So they said, you know what, we have to pull a trigger now because it's going to be now or never. Or we're we're, going to have to look to a draft and possibly rely on a 50-50 coin flip if he'll be good or if he won't. So they decided to, you know, go and get Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz has the talent. Carson Wentz has the athleticism. But I don't think, and yes, I know it was two third-round picks, so it's not the end of the world because probably those two third-round picks would go to players who would be gone in a couple years. But Carson Wentz just is not the same Carson Wentz back in 2017 when they led them to a Super Bowl. And, yes, Nick Foles technically won them that Super Bowl, but Carson Wentz set the path that allowed Nick Foles to run through. So, 
it makes sense why they're trading for a quarterback, but it does not make sense why they're why they're trading for Carson Wentz, who we already know is going to be gone in a year from two now with the Washington Commanders because Washington could have waited and tried to get Derek Carr, and if that didn't work, worst case scenario, you go and get Carson Wentz. But now you just allowed the Colts, who are in prime position to get Derek Carr now, you allowed them to easily snag him up, and yes, they'll probably have to give up a de- decent you know, asking price, but it would have been more value getting him rather than giving up two third-round picks for a guy that's probably just going to end up getting injured or is just going to end up playing like he did with the Colts this past season. So it's just kind of one of those situations where it made sense why the Colts released him. And, but also, you can't blame the Colts for giving up what they did to get him. I mean, when we saw how good Carson Wentz and Frank Wright were when they both were in Philly, it was a true connection. It made Carson look like an MVP caliber quarterback in the NFL. And then once Frank got hired to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Carson started downplaying and just kind of started not playing like Carson Wentz. So we all thought, okay, him coming to Indianapolis, being back with Frank Wright, you know, being back in a system he understands a lot better and plays a lot better in will be good for him. But as we all know, the Colts absolutely disappointed the second half of the season. They had a great midseason run where it looked like they could easily get the number two or three seed in the playoffs, and they just absolutely plummeted and they ended up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the final game of the season which that was a huge disappointment because it was a win or go home and they lost to the worst team in the league and ended up missing out on the playoffs which that kind of solidified Carson Wentz leaving Indianapolis not because Carson wanted to leave but because the Colts realized he's not the same Carson that they expected to give up a first third and fifth to get last offseason so that's it for the major major trades um, the next news we actually have, it's regarding um, the Los Angeles Chargers and wide receiver Mike Williams. As we all know, Mike Williams is a very, 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 very talented wide receiver on the outside. A great, you know, third and goal type, you know, wide receiver. You know, chunk it up to him, fade route, you know, whatever you want to say. He's a great receiver. He showed it against the Raiders earlier on this year when they had that, like, crazy Final, was it final regular season game? It was like the second to last or last game of the season where if the Raiders and um, the Chargers tied, they would have both went to the playoffs. But, you know, obviously the Chargers called a timeout when the Raiders were trying to go into overtime to put both of them into the playoffs. And as we all know, it kind of was a downfall there. But anyway, so the Los Angeles Chargers and wide receiver Mike Williams have both agreed on a three-year, $60 million contract that will keep the wide receiver in LA for at least three more years 40 million of that is guaranteed so he will be getting paid a really decent amount um I think he definitely was going to get paid more if he went anywhere else so I think he might have taken a little bit of a hometown discount to stay with LA but this is great considering that he knows what LA is building they're just a couple pieces on defense away and they're a couple pieces on offense away from really solidifying themselves as a true Super Bowl contender you know the Rams just got off a Super Bowl win they saw what they did by spending money and going out there and being aggressive so I definitely expect a lot of teams this this offseason to kind of really put themselves out there and kind of go not balls to the wall but I mean pretty much just spend money trade picks do whatever they you know can to get themselves into a position like the Rams put themselves into don't expect Dallas to do it Dallas is going to be conservative and you know not really 
do you know not really spend money because they have a solidified group group of guys that they like and yes you want to keep a bunch of guys that you like in your organization and on your team but you got to understand at some point you need to be able to go out there and go get the top talent and not just guys you, you're quote-unquote comfortable with so now the next news we have and it's, it's also another contract extension the Tennessee Titans are signing off their outside linebacker Harold Landry to a five-year, $87.5 million contract extension that guarantees him $52.5 million guaranteed. That is a great deal. In case you don't know Harold Landry, he is, he's been with the Titans for a decent amount of years now. He is a fantastic linebacker, and I mean, he is a 100 tackles a season type of guy. He he was going to get paid somewhere. I mean, he was going to get paid regardless. But I know the Titans, their defense majorly needs to keep improving because they practically have no secondary, and definitely losing another linebacker would not help them out at all. Uh, I think Bud Dupree definitely might be kind of either a trade candidate or a cut cut candidate this offseason for the Titans as he really disappointed after signing that huge, like, six-year, $90 million deal, I think, last offseason. So... But this is great for Tennessee as it at least keeps them somewhat consistent at that outside linebacker position. So congratulations, Harold, on getting the absolute bag. <laughs> now, guys, I'm going to run through some uh, actually some releases, and then we're going to get to my most surprising release. And I mean my most surprising release. So the Tennessee Titans have released um, offensive guard Roger Saffold. Not really surprising. He's a great he's a great guard. Don't get me wrong, he's a great guard. He's been great with Tennessee, but he's constantly had injuries. He's constantly not been in the lineup. He's constantly just you know, been back and forth. But and he's also got a ten mil a year contract that I know Tennessee definitely needs a lot more cap space considering they're gonna have to end up re signing a lot of other guys and the fact they have Julio's contract now, which is like twenty two and a half million a year. So not really shocking. They probably were going to move on from him anyway and probably try and get younger at that position. So there's another offensive guard in the free agency, I guess, portal, if you want to say, that is really good. So definitely watch out for a lot of teams to be going after him. The Arizona Cardinals have released linebacker Jordan Hicks. And this is my most underrated news for today, actually. And because in case you don't know, Jordan Hicks, he played for the Eagles a couple seasons ago, and then he signed a decent contract with the um, Arizona Cardinals. And he's been fantastic with them ever since. I mean, he's put up practically 100 tackles every season, a couple sacks, a couple picks. I mean, he's been a solidified field general for the Cardinals. But last um, last April when the Cardinals drafted Zayvon Collins out of, uh, I almost said Tulane, when they drafted him out of Tulsa, that kind of solidified them moving on from Jordan Hicks and his contract and just, you know, kind of go younger at that position, which makes sense because you can't just stick with the same dude forever and ever. But... Jordan put up a career year this past year, like 111 tackles, couple sacks, couple picks. And, I mean, it definitely looked like he might be staying, but the Cardinals have released him. So the Cowboys definitely need to go after him if they don't sign this guy that I'm about to talk about. And it is regarding the Seattle Seahawks again. Um, the Seahawks have agreed to part ways with linebacker Bobby Wagner. Now, this officially marks the end of the 2014 Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl roster. So all players from that Super Bowl are officially gone off the roster. There's none left, considering Russell Wilson and Bobby were the final two to be on it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with releasing Bobby. I think the fact they didn't sign K.J. Wright this past offseason kind of shook me a little bit because K.J. was still playing, you know, amazing. And, yes, Jordan Brooks, you know, he set the um, – 
he set a franchise season tackle record this year, and he's good. Obviously, he's proven it, which makes it a little bit, which makes their decision make a little bit more sense. But I still would have loved to see KJ Wright, Jordan Brooks, and Bobby Wagner all in the same linebacker, you know, linebacker room. It just, I think they could have rotationed both KJ and um, Jordan in, but definitely them releasing Bobby Wagner is kind of shocking to me because they're not going to have someone that could put up that same amount of um, production. I mean, they're not, they're, there's no one, at least in the next year or two for them, that's going to be able to do what Bobby did for them the past 10 years or however long he's been with Seattle. Um, I definitely expect, once again, Jordan Hooks, or not, why am I, I'm telling you guys, I can, I can never get these guys' names right. <laughs> it's just the issue I have. Um, I definitely expect the Seahawks to at least try and target Jordan Hicks a little bit. Maybe they won't be crazy after him, but I definitely expect that they can get him on like a cheap one to two year deal, you know, three million a year average salary. That definitely would be a steal for the Seahawks. But once again, Bobby is a type of guy, generational linebacker and definitely Hall of Fame linebacker that I don't know if you can really replicate his production and the impact he had on that team because not only was he a great player on the field he was a great guy off the field he was a great locker room guy and I mean every guy that's come through Seattle will tell you how amazing Bobby was for that team and how great leadership he showed so that's a huge loss for Seattle Seattle is officially entering the rebuilding phase um definitely they're trying to get as much as they can for the players they have left uh, I think Dwayne Brown, their one of their line, their offensive tackle, he probably will eventually be on his way out as he's asking for a stupid amount of money, um, and he's only aging. I mean, he's good, but he still has injury issues, kind of the same as um, Roger Saffold did. So, yeah, it's pretty sad news for my Seahawk fans, at least. I know that this probably hurts a lot because we all grew up, or let me phrase it, I grew up watching the Legion of Boom, Boom and how amazing that defense was with Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. I mean, it was. I mean, it was just absolutely insane to watch that team. So it's sad to see that that era is actually officially over with now. So, but the Cowboys have actually been rumored, and this, and, and I'm so happy to at least hear this. Multiple sources expect Dallas to put push for Bobby Wagner, considering that Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks when the Legion of Boom first started, and about, and I think when they won the Super Bowl too. I think. Don't quote me on it, but I think that's when they won the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn was the um, defensive coordinator for them. So it would make sense for Bobby to probably want to go to Dallas and reunite with the guy that really made it all start. This would be huge for Dallas because giving giving Micah Parsons, a guy like Bobby Wagner, to learn off of and kind of have that veteran presence with him and kind of keep him you know, tamed, that literally could be what keeps the Dallas Cowboys to become a Super Bowl contending team this year. Now they were last season. Don't get me wrong; they were still they still should have contended in the playoffs. But this would really help solidify that linebacker room, considering that Layton's kind of had on and off play, and there's no one really else besides Layton and Micah in our linebacking room. So this would be great news for us. Now, guys, let's get into some um, kind of free agency news in a way. Um, Colts left tackle Eric Fisher, former um, Chiefs longtime left tackle, he is expected to test free agency after the two sides could not agree on a new contract. Not really surprising as um, Eric was pretty much out for most of the season with a bunch of, I think, leg injuries. And the, just he, did, he didn't really look good in the time he did play with the Colts. So definitely expect him to either be a backup position or to be like a low-costing starting player in the league. I definitely think the Cowboys should sign him if they get him for, to a, for a short like not sh for well yeah for a short deal 
and not a lot of money because he this kind of his next contract is going to be more of a prove it deal. Prove it you're still worth that you know first overall pick type money that you know the, why they're like why the Chiefs paid why the Chiefs drafted you back in 2013 with that first overall pick. So it's kind of sad to see him kind of decline, but you know that's is more and unfortunately offensive line is that type of position where the more you age the more you know you're not really wanted around the league. So the next news we have it's also regarding um not not also but it's regarding the Saints and their safety Marcus Williams. He is expected to test free agency. Now this is one that is going to be now this player is going to be very and I mean very highly touted throughout the league because I know a lot of you know safety hungry teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, like the Dallas Cowboys probably like the Washington Commanders that they move on from Landon Collins are going to be looking for, you know, Marcus. Definitely could see the Colts in contention for him. Definitely could see the Cowboys in contention for him. Definitely could see the Jaguars in contention for him considering the Jags have like top three in cap space left. So huge, huge player that's entering the um, free agency. Um, free agency portal. I'm just going to say free agency portal because it's kind of what it is. <laughs> so, um, and then the final news we have, it's regarding the Ravens offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, you know, former Steelers offensive tackle and two-time Pro Bowl um, offensive tackle. He has announced his retirement from the NFL after only seven seasons. Um, it, it has felt like he's been in the league for at least a minimum of ten. I don't know where people are getting seven seasons from. But I swear I've seen him in the league for 10. But nothing less. I know this past year with the Ravens was really bad. Like, I mean, really bad. Where he practically was going to get benched if he didn't get injured, I think, towards the end of the season, I want to say. So, anyway, I, I, hope, you, I hope you enjoy retirement. Uh, you did. I mean, he had a great career with the Steelers. I mean, you got to remember, he was part of that front, that front five that absolutely led Le'Veon Bell to getting that contract with the Jets. And he pretty much made a lot of Steelers running backs look good. So him, David DeCastro, Marcus Pouncey, just all of them. Was it Mike? No, Mike Pouncey. Marcus is his brother that plays for the Chargers. I'm sorry. I was thinking, I don't know what. They're both retired now, but before, that's – y'all guys get the point. But, yeah, so he's retiring from the league. So that's definitely that's definitely a huge loss for the Ravens now because now they got to go out and go find another offensive tackle – after they traded Orlando Brown a couple seasons ago to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the final news we have, and it's regarding Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And I, I mean, we all know Jerry loves to be attention to spotlight, kind of be you know the you know the leading head head title for news articles and yada yada yada. But I don't think this time Jerry's gonna really like being the fact that he's in the news now. It's being reported that Jerry Jones is actually being sued by a 25 year old woman from Washington D.C. For apparently Jerry being her biological father and pretty much paying off her mother via two trust funds and making her sign a um, non-disclosable agreement to it's just oh my lord Jerry if I mean okay let's all remember this is not nothing has been proven yet this is still an ongoing situation so don't make any assumptions yet but it's being reported that Jerry set up two trust funds through an Arkansas lawyer, and in case you don't know, Jerry is from Arkansas. He went to Arkansas. He's got ties to Arkansas. And it's just, it's, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, considering the fact we heard about the whole, the Cowboys, and then that that vice personal ex executive or whatever, I think a couple weeks back, and the whole paying them off for their silence, it's just, 
it's not making the Dallas Cowboys front office look any better, and it doesn't make the NFL look any better either, the fact that a lot of this has all been hidden. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what something Jerry Jones would do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it doesn't shock me, but I'm hoping it's not true. I'm hoping Jerry wouldn't do something like that. But, man, that is <laughs> – <laughs> Alright guys, and now for the final news of today, today's episode as a whole, like I told you about the MLB, the final news we have, it's regarding the MLB and the MLBPA. Um, the MLB owners actually have canceled the second week of the season, which means the, the MLB season will not at least start until April 14th. That is insane to me, because this was something the MLBPA thought that they could just you know, talk it out and figure out a way to get a deal done to avoid getting another oh, another week of baseball canceled because now this puts a lot of teams millions of dollars behind because, as you all know, most baseball games are not nationally broadcasted. They're locally broadcasted, and these teams make their money by fans going to games, buying concessions, buying merchandise. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, they, they still get, you know, TV deals, but it's not like the NFL where pretty much every team is practically nationally televised at least once. So this is huge. There's a lot of series that I know that I know a lot of people are wanting to watch that are now canceled because of this. And this just makes Rob Manfred and the whole MLB owners and just the whole MLB front office just look horrible because it's starting to become more about greed than it is wanting to play baseball because they're preventing these guys who are who I think aren't asking for anything ridiculous. They're making compensation to, you know, get let Rob Manfred and these owners get what they want, you know, via 14 team playoffs and all this stuff, but it's just it's it's just ridiculous the fact that we at least have a minimum of another month off from any MLB baseball. Now we do have minor league baseball, we do have college baseball still go- going on, so that is good, but do not expect MLB baseball to come back anytime soon. I definitely would say the earliest I would expect any type of baseball to come back would probably be late May if if they agree on a deal. So definitely expect most of the summer to be without baseball unfortunately that's just that's just that just shows how money hungry the owners of the MLB are and the fact that they're not willing to you know let their players get what they want considering that they are the ones that give that team money because without the without the players you just have a a random random company that does nothing like having guys like Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Garrett Cole that's what brings money to the Yankees, not the owner. The owner doesn't bring them money. You know what I mean? It's, or let me phrase it. He does bring them money, but he's not what attracts fans to give money to that team. People go to the games to go see stars like that. They don't go to games to go see the owner. They go to watch these guys. So I think it needs. they need to just accept the fact that players are going to want to get you know their pay cut. They're not going to want to keep getting screwed out of millions of dollars and this isn't a matter of them not getting paid enough this is a matter of them looking out for the guys that are overlooked and not getting paid accordingly to what they definitely deserve to get paid because when you have MLB when you have minor league players that are getting paid less than teachers who are constantly having 160 game seasons and have to pay for most of their flights and all this stuff it's ridiculous so definitely I'm hoping they can settle on agreement and get both you know Hopefully both sides can just finally come to peace with each other and we can get baseball back for the fans, for the players, and just just because we need it. I mean, 
MLB strives at this point of year because there's no other sport to really watch. And yes, I know the finals are coming up around May and June. You got um, hockey, the Stanley Cup finals coming up here in a couple months as well. But when it comes to June, July, and August, there's nothing going on except August when preseason football starts. So they have to take advantage of that or they're going to lose out. And I mean lose out on millions and millions and millions more by doing that and just being arrogant. So... Guys, I really hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I definitely enjoyed making it for y'all. Please remember to follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. And guys, I will make sure to see y'all on Monday. Make sure to enjoy t- make sure to enjoy y'all's weekend. Make sure to go watch some baseball games. Definitely, I'm going to go to some TCU baseball games this weekend as they play Army. So guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic weekend and I will talk to y'all again on Monday. Peace.